All right, so welcome to the Palm Beach North Podcast brought to you by the Palm Beach North Chamber of Commerce. My name is Noel Martinez, and we are so delighted to have State Representative John Snyder with us here today. John is all about serving his community, right? He, um, from fighting for better healthcare and justice to championing for clean water, John has absolutely been making waves in the political scene, but there's so much more to John than that. John is a savvy entrepreneur, um, is the CEO and founder of a company called Employment Simplified, and that's a company that streamlines staffing and payroll services. Um, he's such an interesting guy, really great dude, so I'm really excited to have him. John, welcome to the show. Man, thanks, Noel. Great to be with you, brother, and I appreciate the, the way-too-kind introduction. So let's start with Employment Simplified. Tell us about that company. What is the company's mission? Yeah, so uh, really our mission is to, to provide simplified employment solutions through our superior work ethic uh, and industry experience. Uh, we started in 2015, um, myself and two partners, uh, one from a finance degree, another one, a uh, large organization, and I was a staffing and a payroll guy. And um, really started around the coffee table as an idea and and saw the this potential to say, hey, we can step out, hang our own shingle. Uh, and now eight years later, uh, we've been blessed to see some some wonderful growth and you know learn more every day on how to better serve our clients. So what makes you different than other, because there are a lot of staffing and payroll companies out there. What makes you different than them? Yeah, I think part of you know, the understanding that the staffing business is a people business first and foremost. And, you know, I think it's very easy, um, you know, especially in the corporate world, you can, you can be so data driven, so metrics driven KPIs and the, the numbers. That's really how we differentiate ourselves is we believe we have two, two clients. Um, those that, that we serve our customers that need people or need help uh, with benefits or payroll. Uh, then it's also the employee whether it's that person who's looking for you know, their next dream job, a career advancement, uh, or, or just a, that next opportunity, um, serving those people with, with integrity and uh, just with that people first mentality, uh, that's what gives us that ESI edge. Is there like, so ESI, is there, are there specific industries that you work with? Uh, so there, there's kind of three primary verticals on the recruiting side that we focus on. We do a lot of work in the education space. Uh, we know the teacher shortage uh, is something we're, we're seeing nationwide, and, and we do support that effort uh, across the country. Um, we do some healthcare work, um, but in the kind of the, the staffing and payroll world, a lot of our business is local and really pretty much any industry uh, that we can come alongside or company that we can come alongside and serve, uh, happy to do that and um, present a, really a turnkey solution uh, that covers everything from onboarding to, to recruitment uh, all the way through benefits administration, 401k and, and payroll. So what are the biggest, um, you know, challenges that your industry is facing? Well, you know, I think it's a blessing and a curse right now. We, we have some pretty record low unemployment, uh, not just nationally, but especially here in Florida, uh, we're leading uh, the nation. Folks are wanting to come here. Um, and, and so I think finding good people, uh, especially in skilled workforce is something that uh, is a challenge really for everyone. Um, it's actually one of the things we're looking at uh, in Tallahassee is workforce development. How do we continue to make sure that our trade schools, our vocational schools, uh, and really that stigma around, hey, saying maybe the four-year traditional uh, college pathway isn't for me. Um, let's get let's get these kids uh, into a certification. And so um, 
really, I think everyone feels the labor shortage, which coincidentally on the business side uh, happens to be good for us because that's when folks need that specific help to find good people. So let's talk a little bit about you. So you live in Stewart. Um, you were uh, born in, well, not you weren't born down there, but you're raising a family up there in Stewart. Um, tell us a little bit about your personal life and what it's like at home for John Snyder. Yeah. So no, actually not to, not to correct you on the spot, but I was born and raised in Martin County. Oh, you were. Yes. Okay. Okay. So, sorry. My bad. Um, <clears throat> local to South Florida and you know, pretty much been here all my life, except for my time uh, at, in college and in the Marine Corps. I was stationed out in San Diego. So fortunately I've always been close to the beach. San Diego's um, gorgeous, man. That must've so, been nice. Yeah. Maybe we can, uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later, but um, right now at home, yeah, that's really what drives me, you know, the business. Um, that's important because that's how I feed my family and hopefully uh, be a good provider for my kids. Um, uh, but my wife, she really is the rock and, and definitely the CEO of the Snyder household. Uh, she lets me uh, do do the politics thing. Um, but uh, we're, we're a wonderful team. We're actually celebrating tomorrow. It's our 15 year anniversary. So I love you, Brittany. Hopefully. Great job, uh, man. That's we'll great. Watch, uh, watch this. I did. I remembered. Um, <laughs> it's not coming out for three weeks. So that's, that's right. So okay, perfect. <laughs> um, so uh, we're we looking forward to celebrating that. Um, and we've got two daughters, uh, our Marine Corps baby, uh, Elizabeth, who's 12, uh, started seventh grade. This year, uh, diehard Swifty, um, and then uh, our politics baby, uh, baby Reagan, uh, she's turning three at the end of September. And uh, truth be told, she really is the one who runs the house. Oh, I bet, I bet. So, Brittany, how, how did you meet Brittany? Man, so that's um, kind of a, a funny story. Really, the quick of it is, you know, she's a South Florida girl too. Um, we went to a very small uh, Christian school up in Hope Sound. That's where I went to high school. And uh, partway through that, she left her, uh, her stepdad was a regional manager for Home Depot, got transferred up in Pensacola. And honestly, Noel kind of just forgot about her. She was a couple years I thought um, you were tell younger me you were than crushed. me. I thought you were going to no, tell me you were so I didn't even know. I didn't know she was even gone. And she knows that. Um, <laughs> fast forward four years later, uh, I'm stationed in Pensacola at a school in the Marine Corps. And I'm wearing my camis and on every base, there's kind of a retail store where you buy, you, know, you get everything from a TV to your deodorant to cigarettes. Um, so I'm in line checking out and this beautiful cashier who I had purposefully gotten in line to try and talk to uh, looks at me and she goes, Snyder, I, like, I recognize that name. Are you, are you from Hope Sound, Florida? Uh, and I get, I'm in Pensacola, Totally think I'm in my own world. Um, and long story short, she's like, yeah, well, I think we went to high school together. Um, fast forward six months later, uh, we were married and off to California. We went uh, and enjoyed that lifestyle for a couple of years before uh, Elizabeth came along. Oh, man, that's awesome. So yeah, what were you like growing up? What, what were you like as a kid? Were, were you into sports? I mean, yeah. what, what, what were you like? Well, my parents would tell you I was uh, definitely an introvert. So, no way. Um, yeah, man, I, I was a shy kid growing up. And uh, my dad uh, kind of tells the joke. He would force me out of my shell. So when we would go out to specifically Sonny's, and I remember this, the old Sonny's restaurants, you would go up and, and pay at the table on the, the table on the way out the door. So that was how my dad kind of got me out of my shell was make me go pay and, and really kind of force me. 
make eye contact, how to shake hands, and was a pretty instrumental. But I was a pretty shy kid. Um, love sports, uh, diehard Dolphins fan. Yeah, baby. Grew up playing Pop Warner football uh, and that whole thing. So. You know, for especially for the the Jupiter folks out there, the Palm City Dolphin Jupiter Mustang rivalry was real back in the day. I hear it's still pretty strong. I heard that the Jupiter Mustangs um, were pretty darn good, man. They, they were especially that the uh, the maroon team, man. They were no joke, <laughs> no joke. So you, uh, so you, your dad was yeah. a cop his whole life, right? I, yep. I, th I think I read somewhere he started out in North Miami, right? Long time ago. Yeah, he I was a, a Miami Dade uh, street cop down uh, down there, for, you know, for the seventies. Really, for about uh, over 20 years, um, in 1992, transferred up here to Martin County. And now he's a sheriff. Um, so what's it like growing up? Your dad is the sheriff. Like, you're in high school, and, yeah. and your buddies are all getting ready to go have a good time at a house party, and your dad's a sheriff. Like, did any sheriffs ever show up at the house and be like, Johnny, what the heck are you doing here? Get out of here. And, you know, uh, <laughs> we're going to plead the fifth on that one. Um, but I can tell you this, no, all joking aside, in high school, I was actually pretty, I was pretty straight edge. Um, and I think it was probably by design. My parents sent me to uh, a private school. So thankfully, like, you know, got, got the wild oaks out uh, in the Marine Corps days. But um, growing up behind really the dashboard of a police car, yeah, there were no morning commutes to school. You know, on the way to school, you, you never know what would, would pop up on the radio. Um, and I remember just, it was very impactful growing up, kind of that, just that sense that, you know, my dad was always on, you know, always, you know, there was always a radio um, and really seeing that commitment to the community and that, that public service aspect up close and personal um, gave me a very deep appreciation just, you know, just for our law enforcement, our, our first responders. And you realize, um, you know, when so many of us are sitting around the Thanksgiving table, you know, Christmas dinner, um, oftentimes, well, not often, all the time, there are, are others out there that are making that sacrifice to be away from their families. Um, you know, saw that, but we always, you know, knew growing up, it was like, hey, this is this is a family commitment. Um, but uh, it, it was neat to see that, you know, up close and personal. So I, I've heard you, I mean, the look in your eye when you talk about your own man and talk yeah. about your dad, right? Like, I know you really look up to him. And I've heard you say before, like, he is your hero. Why, why do you feel that way? What is it? Well, um, again, I think just the life he's lived and, um, you know, I always tell people, you know, I think especially in politics and in today's day and age, it's, you know, we hear so often the people, you know, the fall from grace or, oh man, you know, this kind of someone you look up to is like, oh, you don't want to see that guy, uh, when the cameras are off or when the lights off, um, and that's one of the things that I've tried to emulate from my dad is just kind of a, just a steadiness. Um, even keel can't really rock the guy. You don't know if he's kind of in Zen mode or ready to throw you over the hood of a car. Uh, he's got a great poker face. Um, but you know, growing up, I talked about playing pop Warner football. So he was my coach, um, in football. And so now kind of in this political, you know, public service realm, um, somebody I look up to closely and he always says like, son, you know, nobody's going to tell you, uh, like I tell you, because I, I, I truly love you. So he's told me, you know, he's, he's the one who gave me the good pep talk. He said, all right, son, looking a little fluffy, you got to dial it back, <laughs> get more into fighting weight. So he gives me the good, bad and ugly, uh, and the unadulterated truth. And that's what I love. So it seems like, you know, you're a lot like your father in a lot of different ways, but how are you different? than your dad. I mean, cause your dad, 
yep. we mentioned earlier was in the Florida House of Representatives in the same exact seat that you were in. So how are you guys different? Well, I think, you know, I've shared this with folks. You know, my dad gets a lot of the attention, um, but my mom actually is a small business owner and really was a um, very savvy entrepreneur and a successful um, business owner. And and so I think kind of one of the easiest ways of distinction is I kind of looked at my mom and I've always said, you know, my mom, I think I get a lot of that you know, the, the business entrepreneurial side of, um, you know, I'm a business development guy at, at my heart sales is, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's really how I even got started in the industry. And so I think my dad has always been a very steady, you know, the public servant and he has his entire career has been, um, you know, working for in law enforcement. And so while I love that, um, and it's extremely important, I know for myself, I don't have what it takes to be a cop. I, got kind of got that bug out, uh, in the Marine Corps. And so, um, I think that's one of the areas, but I'll be honest it pretty much every way else I try and get as close to those footsteps, uh, to his as I possibly can. So you, um, you know, growing up in Stewart, right. You've been there your whole life. Um, are there, what are your favorite spots? Like, where do you, what do you do on weekends? Where do you go on a, on a Friday, Saturday night when you're not in Tallahassee? Yeah. Well, you know, one of the things about Stewart is we are pretty sleepy. Um, but it's, it's changing. I'll tell you, you know, one of the things I love, um, we've got the, uh, the sailfish hitting bays. So it's kind of like top golf light, um, there at the, the Martin County municipal golf course. Uh, that's always a good spot. Um, my daughter loves bowling, actually both of them. Um, so you, it's not uncommon to find us, uh, maybe out at the bowling alley, but more often than not our ideal spot probably find me in the backyard hanging out in the pool with the kiddos. Cause that's, uh, that's, that's our kind of fun these days. Yeah. I hear you. I love that. There's nothing better than that. I, I like we're out in the public eye all time, right? Yeah. We're always in front of people. So I think I love to just be at home with my green egg going, relaxing with the family, not to talk to anybody outside that's the family. It. It's actually a really good feeling. <laughs> so are there any traditions that, um, you know, or rituals that you and your family hold really dear to your heart? Yeah. Well, you know, growing up um, in our family church uh, and, and our faith has been, you know, really a, a, a centerpiece of, you know, not just uh, what we do, but really who we are. Um, and that's extremely important to us. You know, I think Christmas uh, is always one of those times, you know, looking back as a kid, um, maybe we did it a little different. We were a Christmas Eve family. So we would do kind of like the big Christmas Eve dinner. Um, and we actually, and now I think maybe it was like a, just a good parenting tactic so they could sleep in the next morning. We would do uh, our presents Christmas Eve night. Um, and just me, and, I remember me and my brother and sister growing up, um, just, you know, Staying up into all hours of the morning at that first Game Boy I ever got. Um, man, how uh, technology has changed. Oh, but growing up, that, was, that are, was a big one for us, for I, sure. I remember getting a Game Boy. Those things were awesome. Those yeah, things were like the yes, best. The Madden 95 and uh, they were like Super blocks. Mario. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so That's brother good. and sister, we didn't talk about your brother and sister. Yeah. What, do, what do they do? Are, are they in politics too or no? No, um, not directly, but... Um, They're helping you out in service. Yeah, for sure. My sister's a, a school teacher um, out in Texas. Uh, so I'm not going to get into how I feel about my brother-in-law taking her out to Tyler, but uh, I do love Micah and um, my, my niece and nephew and one on the way. Uh, and then my brother, um, after he also served in the Marine Corps, um, 
then spent 14 years in law enforcement and uh, ultimately picked up the mantle uh, and is running the family business, uh, doing private home health care uh, up in Martin County and in the Palm Beaches. Marine Corps. Let's talk about the Marine Corps. I don't yeah. know. How, we haven't talked about that. So what? Tell me about that. What, what was that experience like? So well, you're, you're right out of high school. You went. No, no. I went to, I went to college uh, for a year and a half. And after about my third switch of my major, my dad, you know, I remember the conversation said, son, I really want you to figure out what you want to be when you grow up. I'm surprised you didn't want to be a cop. It's not going to be on my dime. How did you not end up becoming a cop? Man, I don't know. You know, I think it's just one of those things, probably as a kid, you know, you always, it's like, a, you know, getting away from the shadow maybe, or just, and again, I, my mom and just seeing the, the business side, that always was a draw to me. I, I worked in the, uh, in the business in high school, um, doing scheduling of, of private duty cases. So anyway, so kind of really didn't know what I wanted to do when I grew up, honestly. And that's why I think kind of the whole workforce development conversation is so important because there is such a push to, you know, it's just, kind of who we are as a culture. Once you're a junior in high school, everybody wants to know where are you going to college? What yep. are you going to do? What are you going to study? What do you want with your major? And so I think that's important. Uh, Four-year colleges are extremely important. We've got one of the best public education uh, systems in the state uh, for higher ed. Um, but I, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And so I, I found myself in Martin County doing some community college, working at a gym, working at a golf course. And it was honestly, it was my brother who I, again, remember this night, um, kind of had that come to Jesus moment. He said, bro, you're either going to find yourself sitting here doing this same exact thing in 20 years, or you got to get out of town and, um, do something with your life. And the Marine Corps, so I was, I was 19 at the time. Um, filled that void in a, in a tremendous way. It was at the, yeah, thankfully it was, we were in surge mode, um, under at the time president Bush. And so there was a concentrated effort to get the Marine Corps from 170,000 to 220,000 because at the time, you know, Iraq was going off, Afghanistan was going off. And so, um, you know, kind of realized, Hey, there was an opportunity to serve. I was in high school when nine 11 happened and it, really for that first time felt that purpose and that desire said, okay, this is something I truly, I want to do, um, and change my life. And, uh, aside from, um, meeting my wife, it was the best thing that's ever happened to me. Well, thank you so much for your service. And, um, let's, let's talk about service. Let's talk about politics a little bit. So yep. how do you get into politics? I mean, obviously your dad was in politics and yeah. he's still, you know, he's still an elected official. Um, what made you run for office? Like, why did you do it? You know, so it was one of those things, um, running a small business and having it at the time, you know, again, a young daughter, I was just really understanding the importance and really the role that government plays in our education system. Um, you know, kind of rewind back to 2019, the blue green algae outbreaks, um, were every, you know, that was in the news and, uh, term limits, quite honestly, play a big part in the political landscape at the state and local level. We have term limits. I think they work. Um, and so kind of this confluence of things were happening. I'm realizing you know, the heavy hand of government, education, uh, the important role of saying, hey, I'm either going to sit on the sidelines or let's get in and actually uh, make our voice heard. Mary Lynn Magar, who served this community um, with true distinction. And you talk about a leader and someone who um, really brought home 
some tremendous money and 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 very effective policy to this area, term limiting out, um, said, hey, why don't I throw my hat in the ring? Uh, here's what I'm passionate about. Uh, saw an, an opportunity to continue to serve, and it was quite the the whirlwind experience um, going through an election and actually really trying to hammer out, you know, what do I believe and how do I articulate that and really um, make a difference in, in all of these different areas, which we could kind of get into more. But long story short, the voters um, gave me uh, that humbling nod to, to be their voice, and, and I've been loving every second of it. How do you do that and run an office? Like, how do you run a campaign? How do you spend as much time as you do in Tallahassee? How do you do that and still run your business? Honestly, and how do you, how are you still a father and a husband? Like, that's got to be yeah, so hard. Man. Well, look, it's it's a balance. Uh, one of the things about being a state rep is technically it is considered a part-time job. So if you look deep down in the fine print, you will see that somewhere. Um, but the truth be told, when we go to Tallahassee, it's usually for a quick concentrated period of time. And then when you're back home, really everything else is constituent services. We're not, we're not up there a lot. So it's a citizen legislature by design because, you know, who better to try and make the decisions that affect our business owners, our, our, again, our families, our parents, all the things that make a society what they are than the people who are living in it. That's kind of that answer, the real answer, Noel, is I've got some incredibly strong women in my life that keep me on track. My wife, uh, who, again, anchors the home front. I got to meet Brittany. She sounds awesome. Oh, man. She is for sure my much better it. half. Um, <laughs> we're actually, we're going, we're uh, heading up to the debate. I, I know this is going to be on tape delay, but we're going up to Milwaukee tonight. We're flying out. So we're going up for a couple of days to go do anniversary. Somebody carry your bags like, for you. Kinda, I don't know. I'm sorry, honey. We'll do a more romantic uh, <laughs> anniversary than just the, the presidential debate, but we're going to Wisconsin. Um, so anyway, so Brittany runs the house, you know, Sarah Craven, mm -hmm. who yeah. runs our legislative She's awesome. efforts um, and keeps me in line, make sure I'm where I'm supposed to be. And my business partner, uh, Talena Addison, from uh, the Addison Drywall family, um, helped me start the business, is my COO. And so when I'm up in Tallahassee, she keeps uh, the trains running on track and um, they let me show up every once in a while and act like I'm doing something. <laughs> so you've really moved up the ranks really fast. Like as a so in your sophomore year, uh, you became deputy majority leader. A lot of people don't know what that means. So can you talk, what does that mean? What do they do? Yeah. What does a deputy so, majority leader do? You know, it's one of those things. There's not a a defined job description like we would find, you know, in the typical um, you know, typical uh, business world. But at the end of the day, uh, it, the legislature uh, we we have 120 members, and, and right now uh, we have 83 Republicans. Uh, at the top of that, and it's kind of like a military org chart, is our Speaker of the House, who really. <clears throat> sets the agenda and really drives what's happening uh, in the House of Representatives. In order to effectively um, carry out his agenda, the majority office uh, really works with members to gauge where they are at on certain things and ultimately find out, you know, do we have the votes to ultimately um, get this legislation effectively across the finish line? And so that's really my role uh, is supporting the majority leader, um, uh, but ultimately uh, working with the, with the Speaker of the House to make sure yeah, we're doing everything we can to address the needs of 22 and a half million Floridians. 
So that people don't know, how do you get selected? Who selects you to be the deputy majority leader? So that was an appointment by the Speaker of the House. Okay. All right. Just in case, just in case people don't know. Um, talk to me a little bit about the complexities of politics, right? And how do you effectively represent your constituents at the same time, you know, navigating through those yeah. complexities? Like that's got to be difficult as well. Yeah. So, you know, one of the, the easiest ways for me to, to kind of break it down is, you know, in the Marine Corps, I worked in aviation. I was a, a hydraulics uh, and sheet metal mechanic. And one of the things we rely on to keep the uh, the hydraulic systems clean is is heavy use of filtration filters. And so uh, in anything, when we're looking at legislation, there's kind of a three-step filtration process on on how we get to a decision, at least for me. This is, this is the way I do it. You know, starting first and foremost, you know, does this pass my core values, my principles, you know, who I am as a man, as a person, uh, and as a Christian? The next, yes, we move to the next step. If no, it's a non-starter. The next one, okay, how does this impact my constituents, the people that sent me here, the 180,000, whether they voted for me or not, it's my obligation to be the best voice that I can for them. If it's a yes, then we can get to the next step. If it's a no, it's a non-starter no matter what. Then at that final step, you know, that's where the politics of the process come into play. You know, where is quote unquote leadership at on this issue? Um, but at the end of the day, none of that matters unless it checks out on my core values, what's best for my constituents, then everything else from that. Really, it's not that complicated. It's you let your yes be yes and your no be no. Just stay honest. And that's how people really get caught up into politics. Is, oh, you told this person yes. And, oh, this person no. And you're trying to play this game. It's like, no, no games. Just shoot straight. And at the end of the day, even if somebody wants you to be a yes or a no, as long as you tell them, hey, it's, it's no. Here's why. But I want you to know that. That's all you can ask for in the legislative process. You're a business guy. Um, talk to me a little bit about um, any specific initiatives or policies that you're championing to support small businesses in Florida. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, kind of briefly looking in the rearview mirror, um, affordable housing, workforce housing has been something I know uh, Palm Beach has been a county leader on in a big way and is stepping up in additional ways. Um, but I think there's still going to be more work to be done. Um, so again, knowing it as a small business owner, if I can't recruit and retain top talent, that it's going to be awfully hard to move on beyond that. Um, property insurance. We know that goes right into I'm writing that down. I'm writing that down right now. Affordability conversation. This is where, you know, again, to the chamber crowd, I cannot stress highly enough Insurance agents, insurance agents, insurance agents. I know that they play a critical role in the community. Um, I was actually talking to a family member today, and it is such a complicated process. But I think the average consumer and homeowner doesn't understand the important role that that community insurance agent plays in truly shopping the market and getting the best possible deal. Because we have taken uh, some very significant steps, sweeping tort reform, major uh, insurance, property insurance overhauls. But we know this is a market-driven issue. It will take time. Um, but working with your local insurance agents to, again, shop the right deal, speak with them before you file a claim or potentially get yourself in litigation, um, 
they are a critical partner in the property insurance uh, conversation. And I'm sure here at the chamber, you've got some fantastic ones. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, like we talked about this before, that we poll and, and survey our members yep. all day. I mean, three, four times a year. And the three biggest issues that our local businesses are having is housing that's affordable, yep. right? They're, 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 their staff, their team can't afford to live there. Insurance, which we talked about, and workforce and talent development. That's it. So you you hit all three um, nails on the head, and that's that's perfect. So education is crucial. You talked a little bit about it, right? Education yeah, in yep. society. I think we've learned a little bit about why it's so important to you. What initiatives or policies do you support to to enhance educational opportunities for our kids here in Florida? Yeah. Well, look, I'm a firm believer um, that at the end of the day, the best decision maker for a child's education is their parent. And uh, I think we've seen over the last few years a steady effort. You know, it, it can get a, a little lost um, in the, the media narrative and the, the hyper-politicized world that we live in. Um, but at, at the basics, I think COVID was the first opportunity that folks really saw the curtain peel back a little bit um, and, and realize, hey, it's important and I have a seat at the table for the content and, and really the quality of education um, that we have. And, and I think we're blessed. I think we have uh, in this state, some of the hardest working professionals that go in day in and day out uh, pouring into our kids. And so I think we have to continue to raise uh, the salaries for our teachers. Again, this is a recruitment and retention issue. Uh, I think Teacher certification is something that has become very cumbersome and in some ways is driving willing and qualified individuals away from the classroom. Uh, and I think what we just did this last year is we continue to expand uh, educational savings accounts uh, and making sure that school choice is universal, um, not just for those who can afford it. So again, every parent is in the driver's seat uh, for the quality of their child's education. Huge. Water quality. Let's talk about water quality. It's important Man, to us. Yeah, Martin County definitely. I mean, we talked a little bit about red tide, uh, the green, the 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 green algae issue that we potentially could have might yep. be coming our way. Yep. I think it is coming our way. Um, you sit. You're a member of the water quality subcommittee. Yep. Right. So, what um, you know, what steps are you taking to address our water our water quality issues that we have here, specifically in Martin and Palm Beach County? Yeah, great question, Noel. And um, just before we came here, I was actually. A meeting with uh, Councilwoman Melise Sandstrom uh, down in the in a for the Village of Jupiter. She's great. She's great. And uh, one of the things we were actually talking about were how do we continue to bring back dedicated sources of funding for the Loxahatchee River. You know, again, I'm a Martin County guy. Uh, I know that our Indian River Lagoon is top priority statewide, um, but here in the Northern Palm Beach County. The Loxahatchee River is one of the most biodiverse uh, pieces of water in our entire state. And so looking at creative ways that the state can partner with the municipalities so we can make our taxpayer dollars um, really go further. Uh, statewide, and especially for Everglades, not specifically to Red Everglades restoration, Governor DeSantis, when first elected, pledged to, to spend $1 billion in this last budget. We, again, had another record year totaling $3 billion. We're putting state dollars into Everglades restoration. This is a complex system, multiple stakeholders at play. Um, but I think for the first time in a long time, we're seeing the momentum um, is on our side. And look, clean water 
it's, it's a lifeblood of our economy, of our community. It's how we recreate, um, how we do business uh, for those in the marine industry. And it's just who we are uh, as beautiful South Florida. So I think we've got to be good stewards of it. And we're certainly um, going in the right direction. So speaking of South Florida, speaking of Florida, period, like I, I, I'm very proud of yeah. our state. I'm very proud of our region and all the different things that we have going on. I mean, we truly live where everyone else wants to be. What makes Florida or specifically the Palm Beach North Martin County region so special? Well, it's, you know, somebody was just asking me the other day, they said, why do you guys always call it God's country? I was like, well, because it is. It and is, I think man. It is. We have, again, just the diversity that we have, you know, just in my district where you could start on, you know, the, the bank of Lake Okeechobee, drive literally for miles and miles through nothing but old Florida farmland, um, work your way through, you know, into Jupiter, into North Palm, where we have industry, where we have FPL, where we have, you know, some of these titans of industry and of technology advancement, scripts, FAU, carrier, carrier, you know, the, the list goes on. Um, and then you're at the beach and we've got, you know, some of the best golf courses, uh, in the world. So you, you, you kind of take all that and you say, how did we end up with this all being in our backyard? It is something special. And I think that's why we've got to work so hard to keep it that way. We live in the best region area. I, I know I'm the chamber guy, so I sound biased when I say that, but we really that's do it. live in the best part of Florida. We're well, so and fortunate. I'm going to jump in there. No, why it, it is so helpful for our district is because, and we've already started doing this, you know, in advancement for, um, yeah, because of the way term limits, when we are, uh, our class, uh, has the speaker's gavel, um, to be able to tell folks, Hey, look at Jupiter, look at hope sound. There's a reason why we need the state appropriations dollars. We are growing. We are experiencing unprecedented growth. We do have very unique water quality demands, uh, infrastructure, traffic, you know, all of these things that begin to take shape of what will this place look like 20, 30, 50 years from now when we're gone and it's up to our kids. Um, that's why it's really nice to have a place like this that we can brag about and say, Hey, come down here and yeah. let us show you what we got going on. So keep it up, man. Good, 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 good. Keep so strong family legacy. What do you want John Snyder's legacy to be? Man. Yeah. It's something every morning you kind of wake up and you say, all right, what, what am I doing today to, to make a difference? And I think, you know, I, I don't think there'll ever be one specific policy or one bill or one project um, that I'll ever say, hey, that was the one. You know, I think my legacy, what I hope to leave is really a body of work where people can look back and say, hey, the guy made a difference and he did the right thing. Because at the end of the day, uh, you've got one name, one reputation. Um, and that's what, what it says in the book of Proverbs that a good name is worth more than you know, the finest gold or the rarest silver. Um, so that's what I want my legacy to be is that I, I took the Snyder name well, and I can pass it on to my kids and make sure they're proud. I love it, man. Love it. Make me, you give me goosebumps saying that. So one last question, very, very, very important question. Very serious question. Let's talk about the Miami dolphins, man. Are we, we got a shot this year or what? Well, look, I'm feeling good, but I always, is, every year feel good. And then I get crushed. This is the best time to be a Miami Dolphins oh. fan because the pads are off. We're looking good. Everything. I'm telling you, man, that when, when you've got the third string <laughs> offense looking as dialed in as, as McDaniel has them right now, they look um, good the other night. dude, 
They look great. We're running I the ball think, over the place. <laughs> I think it's look. If it doesn't happen this year, then I think we can officially say it's not going to happen in our lifetime. <sighs> um, so I'm all in, man. It's Super Bowl or bust. Well, John, um, this has been awesome. I really appreciate you uh, taking the time to meet with us. Thank you so much for your service. Keep fighting the good fight, man. You're doing some great stuff for us. And um, we're really proud of you. Keep it going, man. And I just appreciate everything you do. Well, thank you, Noel. Appreciate you, brother. Um, and and to in closing, really, to all the business owners, uh, those that make the chamber special, this, at the end of the day, is the backbone uh, of our economy. Uh, the solutions that we face as a society, it's not going to be found in government. It's not going to be found uh, in politicians. It's, it's found sitting around uh, the coffee table, engaged in dialogue, keeping our economy going. And so appreciate everything that you do, uh, everybody at the chamber for what they do. Uh, and if there's anything that our office can ever do, please don't hesitate to contact us. Uh, we have an office located uh, in it, uh, corner of Indian town and military trail at the Jupiter town office. Yep. Uh, you were there for a ribbon cutting. Uh, so we're here to serve uh, this community. And uh, again, thanks for having me, Noel. All right. Awesome. My man, thank you so much.